Welcome to the Dating Kinky Podcast, a cast about love, sex, romance, and kink. We're getting ready to be on our way to the mountains for a four-day birthday weekend. And so if you hear anything in the background, that's probably just my partner getting things packed. I thought about putting this episode off, but after a conversation a few days ago in a local kink newbies group about people in kink being more likely to have mental issues than the general public, especially submissives, I feel like this needs to be addressed. Let me be clear. I believe this is an old wives' tale, one that many people know because they've been told it, one that explains hardships they might have in fitting into kink communities, or one that goes entirely against any science that's been done on the subject. I wrote about it in June of 2016, and I've kept up my thinking about it and researching it since then. How to Avoid the Crazies in Kink, a practical guide. In the past couple of days, I've had several people make similar remarks. The women I've most often met in the lifestyle so far have psych disorders and diagnoses. Don't you think those people need therapy? Referring to people who enjoy BDSM without including sex in it. All I'm looking for is a sane, single, dominant woman to do perverted things to me. I find it fascinating that even those in the lifestyle themselves are making comments like this. Because the crazy they are most often speaking of is behavioral rather than clinical. In fact, according to studies, BDSM practitioners are actually less likely to suffer from many mental disorders than the general populace. BDSM is correlated with better mental health, according to one study. Andreas Wishmeyer, a psychologist at Nyan Road Business University in the Netherlands and the lead author on the study, told Live Science that people involved in the BDSM community may have scored better on these surveys because they tend to be more aware of and communicative about their sexual desires, or because they have done some hard psychological work to accept and live with sexual needs that are beyond the scope of what is often considered socially acceptable to discuss in the mainstream. So good news, we're not crazy, clinically, or at least no more crazy than the rest of the world, and possibly a lot less. That said, there is another angle to look at. I've often noted that BDSM is, especially in the newbie space, an island of misfit toys. And that's not meant in disparagement. After all, I'm here and I love newbies, meeting them, helping them learn to navigate their desires, fulfill their needs, and accept themselves and others. Accept themselves and others. And that's the key. You see, in my highly questionable opinion, mixed with experience and observation, BDSM and the kink community is found by people who have not yet found their psychological safe place or tribe. In other words, the people who may or may not have fit into the junior high cafeteria although blending skills are heightened in many deviants. But 
who never felt like they were truly themselves or understood. So they come to kink. And those who stay have found their home. And yet when they come in, they are often nervous, maybe even have social anxiety, like never feeling fully like you fit in will do that to you. And are quite probably geeky and socially awkward, maybe a bit terrified. They also don't know the social norms and lingo of this new life. Add to this that they may also be just finding the place that they might fit in after a lifetime. Whether they are 19 or 57 doesn't really matter because never fitting in is hard at any age. And they want to do all the things now, which is really kind of crazy and leads to crazy, adolescent, incautious behavior. Crazy in layman's terms. Those that stay and learn to accept themselves and build their tribes and settle down into their own friendships and loving relationships and kinks and find that they can accept others for exactly who they are as well, well, they aren't really crazy anymore. At least not in the ways I think people usually mean when they talk about crazy in the scene. So how do you avoid crazies in BDSM? There is more than one way to defer a feline, as my roomie says, and here are some suggestions that have worked for me. Treat people like adults, not like crazies. When you treat people like crazies, even sane people, you will often drive them bonkers. Don't do it. Nothing is harmed by being respectful and considerate. Do your part to educate, guide, and protect newbies. Help them get through frenzy and find their tribe. Don't tolerate bad behavior. Mistakes are to be apologized for and moved past. Meanness is never excusable. Find your tribe. Take your time. Don't spend time and relationships on people that don't fit you. You not only have a good chance of driving them crazy, but of also allowing them to make you crazy. Wait for the right fit. If someone you meet, love, play with, interact with, has a diagnosed mental illness, then learn about it. Learn to understand it and you will probably find they are not as crazy as you might have thought. And finally, don't be the crazy. Many times the people I get these sorts of comments from are the ones I see as having their own issues that they're projecting onto others. If you meet an asshole in the morning, that's bad luck, as they say. If you meet them all day, then you're the asshole. Same goes for crazy. Please understand, I am not at all making light of mental disorders. I am pointing out that we are all human and we are all in this together and having a diagnosed mental condition is not the same as acting crazy, which is what most people refer to when they talk about this. I've included a few links in the podcast notes, including a link for this quote, BDSM practitioners don't appear to be more troubled than the general population. 
They were more extroverted, more open to new experiences, and more conscientious than vanilla participants. They were also less neurotic, a personality trait marked by anxiety. BDSM aficionados also scored lower than the general public on rejection sensitivity, a measure of how paranoid people are about people disliking them. People in the BDSM scene reported higher levels of well-being in the past two weeks than people outside it. And they reported more secure feelings of attachment in their relationships, the researchers found. Of the BDSM practitioners, 33% of the men reported being submissive, 48% dominant, and 18% switch, or willing to switch between submissive and dominant roles in bed. About 75% of the BDSM respondents were submissive, 8% dominant, and 16% switch. These roles showed some links to psychological health, such that dominants tended to score highest in all quarters, submissives lowest, and switches in the middle. However, submissives never scored lower than vanilla participants on mental health and frequently scored higher, Wismeyer told Live Science. Within the BDSM community, submissives were always perceived as the most vulnerable, but still, there was not one finding in which the submissives scored less favorable than the controls, he said. That's pretty key. There was not one finding in which submissives in the BDSM community scored lower than your average vanilla person in mental health. In the past four years, I've thought about this and realized that there are a few reasons someone might think there are more crazies in kink than elsewhere, despite the science. In kink, we talk a lot about consent. Informed consent means that you should have all the information that might apply, and in creating relationships or kinky play, that means knowing if your partner has issues that might cause trouble, mental or physical. Therefore, we talk about them. In kink, we promote acceptance. That means of anyone and everyone who makes good faith effort to interact ethically and authentically with others. That means including people with mental diagnoses or possible oddnesses. So again, we talk about them. Some people have a pattern of attracting certain types of partners over and over. If you find yourself constantly being surrounded with people whose behavior seems crazy or unacceptable to you, it might be worth a look at yourself and what you do to not only attract them, but to keep allowing them in your life. As one person said, those who are people pleasers have a tendency to feel like they have to earn love and therefore seek out people who make it more difficult to love them because that feels right. Only you can know if this fits you. I'd love to hear your feedback on this topic and your thoughts. Thank you for joining me today. If you loved this episode, please share it with others who would enjoy it. And please do join me at datingkinky.com. It's built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Find me on FetLife as Nookie Notes and on Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, and Medium as Dating Kinky. We are on Instagram as Dating Kinky Official, all one word. Have a kinky day, and I'll catch you next episode.